Hey. Hey, Robin. How are we doing? Not bad. You had no trouble with that, huh? No, not at all. Okay, that's awesome. How's everything going? Everything's going good, man. Just here in the office, uh, clicking away, concentrating on taking down some deals right now. Beautiful deals, deals. Yes. Well, that's a perfect intro because we love to talk about deals. Um, so, you know, I'll just give a quick background of what I know about you and then we'll just jump into the questions. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So, um, we met at a, uh, Phoebe meetup. That's a uh, for investors by investors. I think that day they're talking specifically about flipping, how to do it all with none of your own personal money. And, um, you are a professional flipper in Los Angeles. Um, you also do hard money lending <coughs> and uh, you you primarily live and operate in Southern California. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, cool. So uh, what is your current focus in the real estate space and what, what location do you like to typically operate in? Well, again, uh, Southern California is my backyard. So I love it where if I can drive the property, if I can, you know, manage the crews, if I can meet with my either silent partners uh, so I do like SoCal. Um, my my primary focus is fixing and flipping um, or wholesaling, whichever one comes first. So in the event that I put a property on the contract, you know, immediately I'll put it out there to my network and offer, you know, silent partners to be able to come in and they can come in with, you know, 10 or 20 percent down or a little bit more. Maybe they can help out with the rehab or they can help out with the acquisition costs. Uh, that offer is there. Uh, where they can come in and fund the deal with me. But then also, you know, there might be other realtors or other uh, investors that are, you know, observant of whatever I put out there in my, throughout my email list. And if they come in and they say, Hey, Robin, you know, I want the deal. Give me an opportunity. Let me buy it. Let me and my crew do it. Then of course I'm not opposed to assigning it to them or, you know, doing one of those double cl closes or turn around and wholesaling it to them. And instead of me doing the rehab and the fix and flip, I'll go ahead and give it to them and let them deal with it. Cool. Excellent. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, you're clearly very experienced in this area. You've been doing it for a while, but take us back to, and, and tell us how you got started in all the question. It. You know, I started out back in the year 2004 um, and I was focused on becoming a realtor. Uh, I, I think for about two and a half, almost three years, um, I operated it as a real estate assistant. Uh, I had some some resistance in getting my license. You know, back in the day, uh, uh, you know, cannabis wasn't a real popular thing. And me coming straight out of high school, I had some experience with it. And I, I remember I got I got caught up <laughs> with a little bag of weed or something like that. And the next thing you know, uh, it, it I ended up taking a a rap for a felony or whatever. And so they wouldn't let me get my license because I had a little bit under like an ounce of, uh, think about an ounce of marijuana or something like that. And so I, I passed the state exam, did all that good stuff. And they was like, well, we need to see that you have some type of rehabilitation. And this was, I was like 24 years old at the time. Right. And so <laughs> uh, they wouldn't let me get my license for a couple of years. So I had to operate as an assistant, although I passed the real estate exam, um, you know, although I didn't have anything else going on crazy. It, that was the only thing that kind of slowed me back. So I operated as a real estate assistant. I had to 
put all my listings, whether it's for sale by owners or any kind of new listings, I had to put them underneath a broker or somebody else. They had to, you know, sign off on all my stuff. And that kind of started with me going through the whole education process, trying to be creative, you know, seeing how I can practice real estate without a license, you know. And so the next thing you know, I start wholesaling deals without me even knowing it, you know, because I had to put the property underneath a realtor in order for them to sign off on it at the same token, I needed to go out there and find a buyer to come in and uh, to buy the listings. And so I would do the whole matchmaker, you know, put the deal together that way. And of course it wasn't with none of my money, you know? And so before you know it, I realized like, well, you know, I can just connect the dots, put something under contract and go find a buyer, put that buyer with that contract. And next thing you know, I make 10, 20 grand or whatever. You know, so it, it kind of started back then. So before, before, really quickly, before you continue, really quickly, are you saying that you did wholesaling before 2008, 2009, or was it after the oh, big recession? Oh, it was recession? before it. Yeah. You were doing wholesaling yeah. before. Yeah, I was doing wow. it in 2005, 6, and 7, and 8. Um, you know, the, the market changed in 2008. And so, yes, I was doing wholesale you know, indirectly, accidentally, you know what I mean? You're just kind of doing it. Yeah, <laughs> Self-taught, you know, yes. And I had to make a name Amazing. for myself since okay. I didn't have a license. So, yeah, I was doing it. You know, when a foreclosure market started, you know, I was, we were negotiating and turn around and hold sales. <laughs> <laughs> so to, um, tell us, when, when do you remember when the first time you did a flip was? Uh, the first flip I did was back in 2006. Uh, that was the first one that I did. Uh, it was up in Lancaster, California. Um, it was on the east side of Lancaster. Contract. Um, delisted. Type of hardship. And, you know, he was separating. His, his ex-wife was sick and some other things. He was like, I just want out. I want to be able to go buy something else. At the time, the property was probably about 350000 I was fortunate to get it on a contract for 200000 And so uh, we turned wow. around and put about fifty grand into it. And I turned around and sold it at top of the market like four or five months later. So, yeah, that was back in 2005. Wow. Very good. Very nice. Seems like you're doing everything that we're, people are doing now before it was popular. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, well, you told us about one deal. Do you mind telling us about maybe another deal that you've done more recently? Uh, sure. Um, I had a great deal in Fontana, California recently. Uh, the key thing is, is I made about 117000 off of it. And uh, what happened was, is I ended up finding the, the deal investor website and I subscribed. So they brought me this deal, 7th Street, Fontana, California. I remember it because it, it's probably about four months. Um, but again, you know, making that 116,000 wasn't too bad in four months. Um, the way the situation started is I made contact with another wholesaler. Uh, they were out of state. I wasn't able to perform because they was out of state. Uh, they, I took it on. I went and met with the seller. I meeting with the seller. I found out that he inherited the property. Uh, he didn't really 
care for it. It had recently experienced like fire damage due to like an electrical situation with uh, some solar panels. Um, I started initially to wholesale it. And after a month into my contract with another prospective wholesaler, due to the fact that it had solar panels on the property, uh, they didn't want to perform. And they said the only way they would perform is if I was to give them like the $80,000 discount off the property. Um, from there, I'm like, no, nah, you guys are crazy. That's going to, you know, push me out of the equation. So, uh, you know, come day 32, I decided to fund the deal myself. I went out and uh, JV with uh, another private lender and uh, they came in and gave me like 190000 I put the property on a contract for, for two and a quarter. And they, they came in and funded 190000 Uh Midway through the process, I negotiated the the solar panel out of the equation where they were no longer a part of it. Um, and then at the same token, I renegotiated the contract with the seller. Like, look, you were getting ready to give the, uh, the, the solar panel $80,000 off just to kind of make the deal go through. How about you give me $80,000 off? So then he busted down from the 225. He gave me 80 grand off of that. Um, and so in the end, that's how I end up creating that 116. So I end up funding the deal at like two and a quarter, uh, with the lender, uh, push the cell, put the solar panels out of the equation, uh, at closing, I made my 116,000 and a day after I closed, somebody else came in and wanted to buy it from me. Uh, and I didn't even get a chance to do the rehab my whole self or by myself. So I turned around and sold it to them and made another $10,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. So it was pretty good. No, can you help explain the solar panels? What is, why is this such a big issue and why did it, why was it being dragged along with the property? I mean, I just, I just imagine solar panels on top of a roof and you having to take right. them off, but it sounds like it's a much bigger right. issue than that. Um, I was fortunate to kind of get out of the equation, but the, the solar panel company, they, what they did is there was a senior lady that went into a lease with them. And uh, the idea with the solar panel companies is like, you know, you either exercise your lease where, you know, they make a ton of money that way or you buy them out. And in that case, it was $80,000. The old lady, she wasn't going to be able to buy them out, uh, but she ended up passing. And when she passed, again, the property was inherited by her grandson and the grandson didn't have a lease with him. Um, but, the, you know, the property had the solar panels on top. And so, you know, me being creative and a little having a little insight, I'm like, that should be null and void. You know, the lady has passed. She's deceased. You know, that you shouldn't have to inherit that debt, you know. And so I kind of creatively uh, <coughs> negotiated with them, like, look, the only way I would be interested in prospectively doing the lease with you guys is you guys got to remove the lien from the property. And otherwise, I can't fund it and I can't buy it. Once they removed the lien, they gave me certified notification uh, that the lien was removed. I didn't have no lease agreement. So that's how I was able to creatively get them out of the equation. Um, but yeah, the, what they do with these, uh, these solar panels is they try to put people in at least, you know, some type of three to five year lease for the solar panel. Um, and, and, and they give you an option to, to buy it out as well. Uh, that's how it goes. It's, it's, it's some trickery. Hopefully that answers your question though. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting story. You know, you learn something every time after right. every deal. And um, I think that's why experience is so important in this in this field. 
So l- let me ask you, you said you found the deal on your investor website. What, where do you typically find most of your deals? Is this, is this the avenue that you do it or is it through other methods? How do you typically find most of your flips nowadays? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a combination of, you know, networking, you know, like the meetings we met at, you know, somebody might have a wholesale deal or so that they want, you know, to get somebody to come in. It can be through, you know, a investor website. Um, in some cases, it, it can be a realtor that may have a pocket listing, so to speak. Um, I, I try to network with different realtors just in case, you know, they have sellers who, who has a don't wanter, meaning like they don't want the property or they have some type of motivation for them to sell it. Um, it can be through postcards or it, it can be just, you know, through door knocking. Uh, it can be through NOD lists, you know, notice of defaults, pre-foreclosures. Uh, like the one I'm working on now, it was due to that investor website. It started out as a prospective investment. I was going to buy it in Sherman Oaks. I'm actually still going to buy it. Uh, they had some issues. They couldn't agree to it. They didn't want to take my offer. Six months go by, it came back to me, and I, I told them I'll negotiate a short sale for them, and uh, I'll buy it at a discounted price. So, again, it's just you know different channels when it comes down to where I get my deals from. And do you have a team working with you or are you, are you doing all this analysis on yourself? Yeah, I do have a team. Again, I, I, I interact with different realtors. Um, I got a small, small crew behind myself. Of course, I got a VA. Uh, some of my VAs, they'll, they'll go ahead and do the project analysis or they'll run comparables. Um, if there's another realtor or another professional involved that's procuring costs with a deal coming to the equation, I'll always tell them to send me pictures, send me their CMA, uh, send me a video and then I'll go ahead and send it to my local project manager. Like one of my project managers are out of the Encino area, Encino, California. And so if I'm up North and near Bakersfield or Lancaster, Palmdale, uh, hour and a half, two hours away, you know, he's only 30 minutes away or hour away from, you know, Orange County or whatever. So, uh, we'll do the whole driving for dollars. I'll send the address to him. He'll schedule an appointment. He'll go out, take videos, take pictures, um, after he does that, he shares it with one of our contractors, our interior design lady. Uh, she looks at the scope of work and then she revisits the property and we, we try to get ready to stage them. If, again, if we, if we don't get a chance to wholesale it. So again, I got the interior designer in place. I got the project manager goes out, take looks. I got the VA that does all the, you know, project analysis, look at the numbers and, of course, I kind of oversee it and I run comps as well. And then I always have my trusty wife by my side. You know, she's bilingual. So if we need to <laughs> communicate with somebody in a different language <laughs> or so, she she might tap in and communicate. And she helps, you know, as my assistant as well, side partner, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, wow. So you have a much uh, bigger operation than I initially thought. You have a lot of people, a lot of moving, a lot of moving pieces going on at once. Um, how many, how many flips do you project you'll you'll do this year? Uh, my anticipation is another four um, actual flips. Uh, I plan on probably wholesaling another ten or fifteen before the year is over with. So um, some of the projects that we we get into can be three or four months, um, occasionally two months. You know, so I, I try not to spread myself too thin. 
when it comes out to mm-hmm. the rehabs just because of how time consuming they can be or you know and it might be something unforeseen but it's it's rare uh, we try to come in with precision initially so uh, at least three or four uh, when it comes down to rehabs remodels and um, i'm anticipating a good 10 for wholesale before the year is over with okay cool so okay uh, moving on, what is the one thing you need today to be more su- more successful at what you do? Uh, some more money will help. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't deals are not an issue. It's more it's more of the lending side um, that you need more private capital. Yeah, I, I love private capital. That always is a plus. Um, I think being in the industry for so for some time, I'm always getting uh, different opportunities when it comes down to inventory. Oh, hi, Sorry, yeah, go there, ahead. there can be better deals because uh, sometimes the deals are not always as compelling as we would like them to be, um, you know, and, and just trying to keep some momentum going. You might choose to compromise and, you know, instead of doing something at 60 or 75 or 70 percent of ARV, you might consider doing 80. Um, you know, yeah. it, it wouldn't hurt to have more deals, but, you know, the more money, you know, it's easy to create <clears throat> deals when you have more money. Right. Okay. Interesting perspective. So, uh, what what advice do you have for others who might want to start with doing what you do? Um, of course, I would encourage the the network aspect of it. You know, like how we met at a network group. I, I think it's important to attend network groups. You know, once a minimum a week. Um, you know, don't hesitate on you know passing out business cards. Um, ask some questions and then educate oneself. I think education is important to continue to educate yourself on what the market is doing. Um, always, you know, make sure that you are aware of what the numbers are versus taking somebody else's word for it. So learn how to do comparables, learn how to run comps yourself. Um, yeah, you know, in, initially get out to the properties, create some momentum, you know, shake some hands walk the properties, take pictures, um, and, and don't be, don't be afraid to not take no for an answer, you know, always go back in and, and negotiate to make sure the deal makes sense to, you know, to you, make sure it's fair, you know, you want to be reasonable, make sure it's fair and not get stuck with a debt and another seller get us off with a bunch of money, you know? So I try to be transparent and stay aggressive and Mm -hmm. consistent at it. And I think that's what's going to help. So you've been through kind of maybe two market cycles now, or at least one full one. Um, what What do you think about where we're at now? That's a good question. You know, I think years? the market, it, it has its cycle. It does go up, it goes down, it stabilizes, and then it, it, it does another increase and it goes down again. Um, I'm anticipating um, you know, a new wave of foreclosures coming out. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's going to be, uh, like right now, private money or hard money is, is vast. There's a, there's a lot of people in, in the hard money realm. Um, you know, before they were kind of silent, but they've always been around. So it's always going to be a bunch of money out there. Um, but again, to answer your question with reference to the market, you know, I think that, you know, there's going to be a new wave of foreclosures. And so you want to position yourself to make sure you have your money set up to where you can take advantage of those foreclosures that come out. 
Um, and as well, those little pocket listens that might manifest from your know, sphere of influence um, and, and just kind of stick with it and ride the wave. And then, you know, we'll see what the market does thereafter. But I'm thinking it's going to be it's going to go down before it kind of goes up you know, or before it stabilizes again. Because we've we've been in a stable market mm-hmm. for a little bit over a year or so um, where, you know, it's been considered to be a seller's market. Um, so it, it, it got a gift to where it can become a buyer's market again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, excellent, yeah, totally agree. Um, okay, they so if others want to reach you, how can they do that? Sale, um, or they can reach out to me by email. Um, you know, they can reach out to me at uh, info at com. Or they can reach me out directly at 661-486-0244. We do have a website. It's jpcbuysrealestate.com. That's Jack Paul Charlie. Buys, B-U-I-S, realestate.com. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for sharing your insight into the market and what you do. Really appreciate it. I think everyone's going to learn a lot from it. Um, I will... Keep in touch because I think there's a few other things I'd like to talk Absolutely. to you about. Talk to you later. But I appreciate it, and I will let you go. Talk to you later.